I love the chase and the hunt and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank, no, I'm funded. Play the game like it's nothing. I'm always thankful for something. Don't take for granted, stay humble. Now wake up! What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Comment Riders. We're here. We're going to talk about Common Rider Geeks episode 36. I'm your host, Josh Meek, the Uber Geek, joined, as always, by my good friend, Toby Tobes. What's up, Toby? Hi, Josh. How's your night going? Uh, my night is going well. Um, I uh, I was up late last night, Toby. Are you doing cool guy adult things? Um, no, not at all. I went to see <laughs> Shin Common Rider in the theater. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so, like... I know you actually got to go, but like I actually remember seeing, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's one of those like like when they have the opera in the theater for like one night only, like you buy tickets to sit in the theater and watch like some fancy live stream thing. It's like that yes. kind of vibe of yeah, like it, I don't I don't think it was like live stream, but it's the same exact vibe. Yeah, it's like one night only <laughs> across the country. Everybody was like going going last night. Um and yeah, I think that was the only showing that they were doing was like, you know that that particular evening um it, the company that runs it is called fathom events so yes that's yeah that's exactly what it is yep i guess let's let's talk about fathom events first because this is a hilarious this is a, this company is, is very funny um they first of all my ticket said seven o'clock for for the the movie okay so like we got there like kind of early uh found our seats sat down finally like it got to be seven and we're like, okay, it's gonna start. Pops up, we get the little fathom fathom events logo, and then at the bottom, it, there's a little timer that pops up, and it starts at thirty and counts down thirty minutes. And we're like, ha- that can't that can't be right. No, it was a hundred percent. We get random repeated fathom event advertisements for thirty whole minutes until the actual movie started. The movie didn't start until seven thirty. So real quick, first or second, or whatever part, whatever number I hear, how many? people were there so it was a very small theater like i'm not sure if they had it in multiple like multiple actual theaters or not um but like our actual physical theater was like super small like four rows of like reclining seats so filled up i think this theater maybe could hold i don't know like 50 people at most there were there were maybe like guessing 30 in the room or 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 around there like the the like the low section didn't have anyone in it like where you're sitting too close to the screen but like the upper section was pretty full so just guessing around 30 people probably i know like obviously you don't have to tell me your specific area do you live in like a more populated area or a less populated area yes because i know like for me if i went to one of those i'm at least in like not a large city, but like a medium to large size city where like, I think there'd probably be like a lot of people that would go or there'd yes. be like more options of people going, I guess. So I live in the, the Indianapolis area and the, the there, I know that there were at least two theaters showing it like on the North side, basically. Um, okay. So there's, there's one that was more like in town. Um, and I didn't want to go there cause I don't love that theater. <laughs> it's just not, <laughs> not my favorite theater to go to. Um, so I went to one that's a little bit further out of town, but was closer to my friend's house who I went to the the show with. So we ended up going out to that one. So 
I'm guessing there were more people probably at the other showing because it's more centrally located to like the larger city. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're not aware, it's like the biggest city in the state. <laughs> it's the capital. <laughs> so like, you know, if, if anyone, if, if any place in this, this podunk state is going to be able to pull some common Rider fans, it's probably this area. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like I said, there were at least two theaters on the North side. I'm not sure if there were any else like, you know, on the other side of town, so that's a pretty long drive for me. Um, but there, there might have been another theater down there that was also showing it. So it seemed like it was in like lots of places that you could go uh, to see. Um, but yeah, the, the the fathom events, like the 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 thirty minute like forced countdown, was so so strange. Because like, I get like a couple ads for their things beforehand, but it was like thirty solid minutes where clearly clearly they were just looping like the same three ads over and over again. Um, Fathom events also they do an ad where they're trying to sh- show like the the big wide range of things that they that they present. So sometimes it's sporting events, sometimes it's anime films, sometimes it's like religious movies. Yeah, <laughs> so, that, that's always my favorite because like obviously the few times you do go to the theater, it's not they don't show that constantly, but they do show the ad of like hey we do these special events, which is why yeah. that kind of thought that's what yours was, but like even their like their trailer for it is always showing like it's always one opera it's always one broadway play yeah it's always one like not famous band but like probably used to be famous kind of band like oh they're having a live performance in california may 3rd and we're gonna do a freaking thing out here like big reunion show yep um but the, the, the like the like you know, it was that exact same thing where like they're like examples were, were very silly and they had like <laughs> different demographics of people in their ad, which were clearly all people who like worked at Fathom. <laughs> so like <laughs> one guy has like he like he rolls up on a scooter and it, it, clearly he's dressed like how do young people dress? He has like oh, a beanie <laughs> on and he's got like a vest on for no reason. Um there, there's a couple that's walking into the theater and they're they're like monologuing to the camera and they're like it's our date night we love going to the theater on our date night and we love going to fathom events because we get to watch the classic movies that we love not any of that new stuff <laughs> oh no <laughs> and then there's like a sports fan who comes in and throws popcorn everywhere and it's it, yeah the, the people that they break down are great but the best one is which it felt very like it was a little aggressive in this crowd of, of people too. It was the nerds. They had the nerds. Uh, <laughs> it was a clearly like 40 year old woman cosplaying as like sailor moon or something who <laughs> very clearly had never cosplayed before in her entire life. <laughs> and then there was like a couple like star Trek people and like everybody like looked, looked the part, but very clearly like felt out of place. You can, you can just see it in their eyes. That's like, this is not my normal self. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I love going to fathom events. Cause I get to you see the shows I want to see with my friends. <laughs> I get to ham it up in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, uh, I, th- this is going to sound mean. I don't mean it mean because I am, I am fully, uh, included in all of this, but the the crowd that was here for Shin Common Rider looked like the crowd that would go see Shin Common Rider. If you can picture <laughs> that in your head, and again, I'm very much included. I was I was dressed in all black, wearing a uh, wearing a Godzilla T-shirt. Like I fit the I fit the bill <laughs> to a T. <tee. laughs> but like 
I saw a dude, uh, I saw a dude in, in an Among Us t-shirt, uh, a couple other like game graphic tees and stuff coming in. And uh, there was a guy who sat beside us who, who seemed very nice, but while he was sitting and waiting, just pulled up anime on his phone and just played it really loud while the previews were going. <laughs> just, you know, passing the time. Just going to watch, you know, watch some anime really loud in this theater. So before you give your review of the movie itself, did everyone behave in the theater or was it one did, or did it remind you of the old days where like people are like texting on their cell phone, someone gets a phone call? Or was everyone so, like more into it because it was a special event kind of thing? So I would say, yeah, people like shockingly behaved. Like, because I, I even was expecting like maybe there's going to be like clapping or cheering or something because everyone's here and like it's that kind of vibe. Everyone's here for like common writer. Um, but yeah, as soon as the movie started, like everyone shut up. <laughs> no one said a word. <laughs> I didn't see a single phone out, um, which is definitely if you I don't know if you've been to the theater recently not the thing that people do anymore <laughs> people do not know how to go to the theater anymore like like post pandemic everyone's got their phone out everyone's talking the whole time it's the worst but yes these were these were very respectful movie goers we like the last time i went which was the first time in like years and ye- or at least years not years and years years was i went to see the mario movie yeah yeah but that was two o'clock in the afternoon on a wednesday i want to say so it was like me and my mom, there was one guy like four seats down from us and there was like two people together, like two rows down from us. And that was it. So like, obviously like no one's really doing anything. So I feel like it's more noticeable. Yeah. But I also feel like Riff Raff isn't going to the movies at two o'clock in the afternoon on the Wednesday. <laughs> that's yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> probably very fair. Um, yeah. We, well, our uh, particular brand of Riff Raff were, were pretty good. Awesome. Um, and yeah, there's a, the movie, Oh man. So I didn't really know what to expect going in. I had tried to avoid like pretty much all of the trailers and stuff. I wanted to like not really see much of it. So the, the film feels exactly like, like a 1970s tokusatsu show. Like they, they hit that vibe like perfectly. Like if, if you told me this was like an up um episode like like pieced together from like literally the original common writer i would have believed you <laughs> because like like the the way they shoot it and like the pacing like everything about it felt so retro like on purpose um Are, like, so i real quick so i know there's shin ultraman shin godzilla shin common writer yeah. Are they all throwbacks to their original mediums or are they all supposed to go together now? Because I know like there's the, like you and I saw the video of the crazy, I'm going to call it a Megazord or Voltron <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. We're like Ultraman, Kamen Rider, Godzilla, and I think there's a fourth one that I'm missing. Uh, there's, yeah, so far there's Godzilla, Ultraman, and Kamen Rider. Those okay. are the only three. But yeah. like everything like merges together. So I wasn't sure yeah. if it's like, hardcore supposed to be like all these series actually tie together or if it's just like hey that i like i can't think of the director guy's name but like hey i love all these things i'm doing throwbacks all of them yeah I, th- I think it's more of like a meta series where it is supposed to be like the same i guess vision and care paid to each of the things but not necessarily like we're creating an extended universe where eventually we're gonna have the avengers and it's gonna be you know common writer and ultraman and godzilla teaming up um which I, th- I think is why that Megazord thing where they're all pairing up through everyone for such a loop because it is so against the vibe that the Shin stuff has done so far. 
I gotcha. um, so it felt felt very weird i haven't seen shin ultraman yet but shin godzilla i have seen and it, it kind of it like yeah it's like it's sort of a, a throwback movie um but they're still they're still just telling a godzilla movie they're, they're making changes based on things in the past and they're referencing things in the past but it's just they're they were just basically trying to tell like a good high quality godzilla movie <laughs> for, for that one i gotcha um instead of like instead of making it campy they they clearly were trying to like make it very high quality this one however they were they were trying to just like make a 70s tokusatsu movie which is 100 percent what they did there were so many like every shot it was almost like 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 a wes anderson film in a weird way because all the all the shots were like very square like very head-on like a good chunk of the movie is just like directly facing a character's face while they emote (laughs) like a square shot on a character's face or like we enter a new scene square shot on the enemy and they're all lined up in a line and stuff like that like perfect lines a lot of like synchronized movements a lot of like weird cuts that don't make sense but are things you see you know, 15 times an episode. If you go back and watch like old, 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 old common writer where it'll be like, like, Oh, I swung my spear at you. And the next cut I'm jumping through the air at you like that, that (laughs) kind of a vibe. Um, so like if you don't know about that history, you might see this and think that it's like amateurish, but like they're clearly going for that. Like that's super intentional. Um, the movie also like does nothing in terms of setup really. (laughs) Like it starts in the middle of a, uh, a a motorcycle chase launches directly into like a bloody brutal fight and like the dude is already common rider at that point and he's just and he's like struggling with the fact that he was turned into common rider so like you you pick it up right at the very beginning but like after all the origin stuff and like they 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 the the, the scream time that they pay to like his origin and what common rider is is like 30 seconds where basically they're like yeah we turned you into this uh because you're part of this uh, organization now we broke you out and you're gonna help us uh beat the organization and, and take over the world you good <laughs> like, okay great <laughs> so basically like it's not for it's not really for non-fans to go see like it's basically like no no it, setup for it is it is like the 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 tiny amount of setup is is enough for you to like know what the gist is they just don't they just don't like hammer at home really if that makes sense like again we we talk about this a lot with geats where like there's a lot of stuff where it is way more vibes based than it is like story based okay <laughs> and this is like the it feels like the the point of the movie is like showing you really cool visuals and setting up really cool scenes and they strung just enough plot between those moments to make it all make sense um because the actual film is kind of like a boss rush sort of like they they set up these shocker bosses, which they call augs, like um like augmented uh, people, and and he basically goes through and they fight them one by one. <laughs> so he has like showdowns, which each of with each of these kind of boss guys, and I think there's what four of them in the movie. So like each individual section is just like we get introduced to the boss monster, we get to see what cool thing he does. Um, we get to see a cool fight with him and the common rider. Common rider wins. We move on to the next one very quickly. <laughs> like it's just kind of like rapid fire. Um, and yeah, you, you get enough plot peppered in that you know what's going on, even if you came in without knowing anything. But they 
they just keep it super light. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they very much like show you things instead of telling you things in, in a lot of cases. Um, but yeah, it's like the filming super cool. All the fight choreography was very cool. Um, the, the, the boss monsters were awesome. Like some of the best costumes and outfits that, that we've ever seen, I think in, in common writer, like we, we talk a lot about the stuff in, uh, black sun, which we've been watching and how cool some of that stuff looks like really, really with like with the training wheels off on, on it. So it's like, it's not just kid, kid based, kid, kid focused where they can do some scarier stuff and kind of do like wilder stuff. And this is that where like they can kind of do anything they want. They can make it super scary. In a lot of cases they mix like scary with like psychedelic, like super bright colors and stuff too. Um, and it's yeah, it's all super, super fun. It's a movie that I want to watch again, like without subtitles or anything on just so I can like pay attention to the action and not read the words. <laughs> it's like I, I read the words. I got the story. Now I just want to like soak in the visuals of the whole thing. When they do the movies like that, are there still ratings? Like, is there still like, like, was it PG-13? Was it R? Do they not do that? Oh. It's a special broadcast thing. Um, I can't remember if it said when I bought my tickets. I'm not sure they, they it might've been marked as like unrated since they, I doubt would have like sent it through the ratings board or whatever for a one night only thing. Yes. Like I, I don't know how to judge that, but like that, that was a, I was thinking about that as you were telling your story. Like, I wonder, like, I just felt like, cause I would call black sun an R just cause of all the gore and violence. I mean, maybe PG 13 with the way yeah. stuff works now, but I wasn't sure if they rated it because of it being, still common rider and like functionally kind of for kids to adults or how that all worked. Yeah. I, I will say this isn't as like pervasively dark as black sun. Like I feel like, I feel like black sun has a very dark story. Um, in addition to just the like horrific things that it shows oftentimes where this, the story was intentionally like bordering on goofy, silly. Cause like, that's what they were going for with like the crazy, you know, crazy, mom, crazy monsters and stuff, but it's very bloody. <laughs> so like whenever, whenever like, uh, the common writer guy punches someone, especially the very, the very first fight, like he punches people and it's like a regular punch. And then just like, they explode in blood. Um, there's one point where he like punches someone and the person like rolls down a hill, but then like the hill gets completely coated with blood to the point that it's just solid red beneath <laughs> where the person fell. It's like, Oh Jesus. Okay. Um, in, in fact, that first fight is so kind of violent and bloody. Like the character is then like staring in a mirror right afterwards. He was like, what have I done? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> it's uh, set the tone quick. Yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah, like the actual story, like if you take the fights out of it, like it's not, it's not really that that bad, um, but yeah, the, the fights themselves get pretty bloody at one point. But the action is so crazy over the top stylized, too, that like it's hard to like be horrified by the blood because it is so like comic book violence that's happening the whole time. Like at one point, there's a there are like evil common writers that are fighting our main common writer, dude, and they encircle him on their bikes. And finally, they like knock him off of his bike one of the main evil common riders pins him down using his bike tire. So like drives his bike tire up on the good guy and then was still astride the bike takes out his machine gun, 
aims it point blank at Kamen Rider's helmet and just starts firing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and this just goes on for a long time. And he's like, you just hear like the bullets ding off. And then you hear like the internal thought of the Kamen Rider guy going, my helmet won't hold out much longer. <laughs> <laughs> As he is taking point blank Uzi shots to the face. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it is, it is super fun. <coughs> but um yeah i i'm really excited for it to yeah come out in like you know home home release now um so you you can see it as well because i think i think you would i think you would you would vibe with it for sure it, it's okay like, cool it's a it's very campy it's a very cool looking visuals the whole time great fights um and just yeah like kind of a lot of the same like the things we're liking about black sun i think it, it has that stuff like turned up to 11 oh nice cool so anyway, that's my that's my review of Shin Kamen Rider. Um, Sounds like fun. a good time for everybody. <clears throat> and I hope they keep doing it. Like as much as I made fun of Fathom there, like it's it's cool they brought it over and and subtitled it. And hopefully it did well enough that we'll see this happen from time to time now. Um, I'd like to see more Kamen Rider in theaters. That would be neat. That would be fun. But so if it happens again and there's more notice. We'll have to do a meetup somewhere in between Pennsylvania yeah. and Indiana. <laughs> we'll, we'll drive halfway. It'll be perfect. <laughs> All right. Maybe then the next Shin movie that comes out, we'll see. We'll see what that one is. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the big team up. <laughs> Toby, we got some emails this week. Let's dive Ooh, over. Delicious emails. emails. Indeed. Uh, Shade sends in our first email. Shade has a lot of info. Uh, Shade says, heard you guys were talking about wanting some more general Toku related news on the podcast. So maybe I'll throw in some other Toku news that happened recently that I find interesting. Um, so there are some things we're going to skip here in Shade's email because I think we are going to uh, watch the referenced show. So we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, but first, Shade tells us a little tidbit about episode 34. Uh, apparently in episode 34 of Geats, it actually got leaked uh, when episode 33 was airing. I guess there was a mistake with one of the streaming services that airs the show in Japan. So they showed episode 34 instead of episode 33. Um, and then this was uh, happened right after there was a big toy catalog link where a bunch of Sentai um, uh, toys were leaked. So as Shane says, Toei was in shambles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that is kind of a bummer if you're at <laughs> your, your TV show that is very based on kind of cliffhangers and stuff airs out of order. That's kind of a bummer. Like it's funny too because I guess it's noticeable enough with Geats, but like I could definitely see there's times where you could watch them out of order and probably not know they're necessarily out of order. Sure, like you can skip like there's twenty minute gaps you could probably miss and not really think about the fact that like you missed it and just be like, oh, they kind of advanced us ahead while we weren't looking. No big deal, you know. Media does this sometimes and like. It's probably weird to go back then and be like, oh, wait, there's a whole actual backstory here. Yeah, exactly. It's true. <laughs> um, Shade, Shade links a video here. Um, that, so when Sarah finally became a driver, um, she uh, unboxed her desire driver on a YouTube video. And um, I, I watched it through. So it's pretty cute. She like <laughs> it's kind of funny. She like doesn't seem to know how to use it at all. Like at the very least. Um, which is funny because she was on a show where where people were using it constantly, but I guess <laughs> she didn't have one herself, so she was like messing with it and trying to figure out how it spins and stuff. I, I mean, uh, I guess if you never really 
never really played with one of them. I guess you wouldn't think about it. And like, I mean, she's not in a ton of scenes directly with them using their drivers. So I guess depending on how they film it and stuff, like, I guess you'd probably be pretty, you could be pretty hands-off overall. Yeah. But I would think that like, if you were with those people, if I was there, I would want to mess with one of them just for the hell of it. Let me me play with that. We'll see what that's like. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm an extra. Uh, Okay. Well, can I just see it for two seconds? I just want to one time. (laughs) Just just make it. (laughs) <laughs> yes i just want to make it make the sound just one time <laughs> shade says that she was a she was really careless with parts of it so that made me cringe a little bit <laughs> she was uh she played a little too rough with her toy amateurs damn amateurs <laughs> next up shade sends some info about the uh tycoon and shinobi special that is coming out um which we are going to skip this information uh because it is it is interesting and I don't want to spoil you because I'm going to force you to watch that special at some point when it gets, uh, when it gets released. Okay. <laughs> but thank you, Shane. Cause now I'm excited. Keep me in the dark. It's the best way to do it. <laughs> um, Shane has some info on black sun for us as well. Uh, the actor who plays black sun is very popular. Uh, he's in many movies and commercials. And because of that, a lot of people tried putting the black sun song into some of the other commercials that he was, that the guy's in. And then Shade uh, Shade uh, sh- shares one here. So like, just like, it's kind of like a pseudo Rickroll, I guess, of just like pairing up a song with uh, something that doesn't fit at all. Well, yeah, I guess uh, Black Sun's been in a bunch of things. He's been in like serious dramas, uh, obviously Black Sun itself. I feel like there's something else too that he was part of. So I, so I was just telling about it earlier too. I just can't remember oh. what, the third, what the third piece of it was. I believe it. He uh, he he strikes me as a an accomplished actor. <laughs> he he has that smolder, you know. <laughs> um, he was also apparently in Shin Ultraman, so I guess I really should watch Shin Ultraman. Maybe that, um, maybe that was the third one that he's like tied. He's like tied to this whole this whole thing, this whole universe. Maybe yeah. Uh, Shane says, I want to talk about the black sun belt because, oh boy, is it a beauty. I think it's when you and I have looked at pictures of the belt. I don't know if it was um, in an episode or not. It might have just been you and I chatting. Um, but we we looked when we were getting ready to start black sun. We looked up the the crazy expensive belt. Um, yeah, it's like 250 bucks for like, I mean, yeah, it's super yeah. nice. It's super nice looking like that's not the issue here. It's just like the other ones are 40 or 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's Shane has some, it's some info collectible. on it. Yeah, um, the belt is part of the CSM line, uh, which is called, which stands for Complete Selection Modification. Uh, Shade says it's a toy line that makes slash remakes common rider drivers with high price and high quality materials. So definitely adult collectors. Um, Black Sun's specific belt is equipped with motion sensors, a motor for the moving parts and voice lines and music from the show. So yeah, that was the thing we watched where it like has the like motor where it does the kind of like pull apart, push in section. which is just insane so yeah super cool definitely like the coolest colorado belt that i that like you can buy that i've seen but um i'm certainly not spending that amount of money on it (laughs) (laughs) shade even links us some uh colorado geats uh sales numbers here which we won't dive into too far but the the gist that shade is telling is is the, the first wave of merchandise for geats was like slightly under average but since then, the second wave and on um, is uh, has really increased. People are way into Geats, it seems like, with numbers that rival even the anniversary seasons, which are like historically very strong. So uh, 
people apparently liked the vision driver that came out around that time and, and, and other stuff and probably just in general like very excited about the show since it's a really good show i would think well like the um, more we get into at least for me like the the common rider verse it's crazy how like i mean obviously people are into everything it's just always crazy to me how how deep the lore and the fandom and all yeah. the fun shit goes with all the stuff because like most american shows like you'd have the show and that'd be that'd be about it but we have geats and then we have all the main actors have their own theme songs and there's 27 like behind the scenes videos <laughs> of them pounding around and doing goofy things and doing press stops and everything else since it's way more involved of a of a show slash series than anything i'm used to at least here i don't know we, we still get that stuff with like american shows it's just you just don't you don't think about it as much because it like it's you don't have to like specifically seek out some of the things where like you, you might see like a clip on Twitter of a, a press uh, junket that someone's in for for their movie or for their TV show or something. And you like you maybe gloss over it because you don't care as much. But like, you know, the, the commenter fans are are rabid. So they're like collecting all the all the bits and pieces. And anytime someone appears in public or, you know, recording that and putting it online. So I think we get those same types of types of exposures. It's just we're not the like obsessively cataloging everything <laughs> type type crowd that works that, that, that's definitely fair um speaking of being obsessive um you're you're a big metal gear fan right i know what it is <laughs> oh, i thought i thought you're a big metal gear player i must uh must be mistaking that with uh with kingdom hearts which is clearly a must worse game uh, <laughs> thanks man <laughs> <laughs> no I, I genuinely thought you were into, into metal gear uh but shade says that uh recent recently hideo kojima um talked about the currently airing sentai king Oger on twitter which seems a bit out of nowhere but he's a fan of old toku shows so it's nice that he's checking out the new stuff and uh shade sends along a translation of what kojima said uh, which is super fun i'll read a little bit of it here uh, he says, when I turned on the TV for the first time in a while, Sentai was was going. King Sentai King Oger, because it is aimed at children of the game generation who have excellent kinetic vision. The use of colors and cuts is dizzying. <laughs> <laughs> this time it's an insect motif, and it's Game of Thrones. Backgrounds and other than the final battle are mostly CG. Virtual production with green screen, green screen synthesis and LED panels is like the Mandalorian and the Batman. <laughs> you finally made it. Toei has taken care of me when I shoot in Japan. Toei is amazing. Thumbs up. What a uh, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that bit though about like, well, these kids are from the game generation, so they can handle all these crazy cuts. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Shade points out, of course, the big juicy news, which we have, uh, we've discussed the next, uh, the, the, um, the, uh, trademark for the next Kamen Rider series is out, which is Kamen Rider Gotchard. Got, got, Gotchard. <laughs> yeah, so I, I know at some point, obviously, we're getting to that. And I'm really just waiting for all the juvenile jokes that we come up with all the time. <laughs> yeah, Kamen Rider got hard. Yeah, or got you uh, hard or got you hard. Kamen Rider got you hard. <laughs> or like someone said, they love leafy vegetables. I don't get it. Because Swiss chard is a big leafy vegetable. Oh, I didn't that, know. That was the joke the other day, too. That I, I still missed it the other day, too. Glossed right over your head. Yeah, yeah. To, most of yours, do. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, I'm excited. We, we, we talked a little bit, maybe in the discord about like what, what that could mean, like what, what Gotchard could be. Um, my, my big hope is that it is some sort of like either trading card game based or gotcha based. I think both of those will be fun, <laughs> maybe, maybe cringy, but, but I'm interested in seeing, seeing it. Well, yeah, I think th- some, I mean, obviously again, one of the crazy fans said that got plus gotcha plus card could be gotchard. Yeah. So especially with the show's vibe always being toys and toy driven things, I could easily see a gotcha card game, collectible card game thing coming out of this next season. Like when we watched mega force and they had a new card every week for yep. every battle. So you could sell more of the stupid cards for the buckles or the Man. morphers. I guess it would be at that point. I found when they, when they adapted, when they adapted that show over here. Um, and yeah, I had the card theme. They, they came up with a power Rangers trading card game at the same time. And I bought a bunch of those stupid cards. I found them the other day. I don't know. Why did I, why did I buy this? <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing money down the drain. <laughs> But yeah, I think that could be cool. But I'm excited to see it. So they'll, I guess, uh, as far as timelines go, you know, we're getting close to the end of this season. Uh, at some point, they'll do a big press conference. That's usually what they do, where they will announce the name, uh, show off the writer, what he looks like, and give you like a, a quick synopsis of the plot, sort of like what he is and what he's what he's doing. Uh, so we can we can anxiously await that. I guess the passing of the torch is coming soon. Yep. And then next up, we get an email from Charlie from Texas. <laughs> Charlie has a fun one for us uh, that is a little visual. So I'm gonna I'm gonna paste images to you as we talk about them. Uh, I will put these images in the video version of the show. If you are an audio only listener, uh, maybe pause and go check out the video version at uh, CommonWriterSucks.com <laughs> to uh, to really get the full effect here of what we're doing. Uh, so Charlie says, for my email this week, I thought it would be nice to share some of my favorite dumb monsters and other funny monster-related things from the Kamen Rider franchise. First up, we have some Showa-era monsters. The first one is Dokuro Ball, a monster literally made of basketballs and a basketball hoop. <laughs> so I'm going to send this one your way. And sh- We're not in Showa-era now, are we? I- I we remember, are not. I remember I was taught months ago <laughs> at this point, but I don't remember what goes where. Uh, we are in, I think, Rewa now is is, uh, is the current era. Okay. So so Showa is um is pretty old, which you'll see here as a, as a basketball monster. Yeah, th- this is just look what looks to be a person in fishnets. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. A makeshift basketball hoop with a net on their head, and just literally just looks like paper mache basketballs glued to them. <laughs> It's so good. I love that someone was like, what's what's a scary monster? Uh, well, definitely a guy who is a, the living embodiment of the game of basketball. <laughs> I mean, like old school Power Ranger monsters. So, I mean, all the monsters were ne- weren't really much better. Like the one episode was I, I guy and it was literally just eyeballs glued all over a body to make up yeah. a whole body of literally eyeballs. It's, it's, it's the super fun thing about old Toku. Uh, and yeah, like, you know, in, in exchange, old, old Power Rangers in the same same turn, um, just how silly and just gloriously goofy it is. And that's kind of like Shin Kamen Rider wasn't quite that goofy, but like some of the costumes were like kind of borderline that that ridiculous, which is which is fun. 
Um, I looked up the uh, the era, the Showa era, to see when it ended for you. So 1989 is when Showa ended. So 1926 to 1989. So the beginning of Kamen Rider uh, up through 1989. So the first, uh, you know, first what? So, so like, yeah, we're going way back. This is a, a throwback yeah. to I was I was just a young boy at that point. I was still alive for this, but I was very young. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is early common writer history here, basically. Um, <laughs> the next monster that Charlie tells us about is Starfish Hitler. Yes, it is real. No, I will not elaborate, and I refuse to send a picture. Look it up yourself if you want to see. <laughs> Starfish Hitler. Is it? Uh, I've seen I've seen a photo of Starfish Hitler. It is, it is exactly just... what you imagine. Okay. <laughs> yep. It is a, it is Hitler, but he's a starfish. Yeah. Uh, great, great stuff. Because the again, you know, what the, one of the conceits in original Common Rider, uh, Shocker, the evil organization Shocker, was was basically Nazis. That's pretty much hundred percent what they were. Um, they they toned that down for this new movie. <laughs> like they're not quite Nazis, but like originally they were just they were just Nazis. Uh, so Star, I had to Google it because I need to know these things. <laughs> Starfish Hitler almost looks like a red parrot. Because his head is still his head, but it looks like functionally a starfish, but he has like a metal Hitler face and a giant swastika on his chest. <laughs> yeah, like this is like, yeah, this is pretty bland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's literally, it's literally the like the 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 visage of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> like, it's yeah, it's it's pretty bad, <laughs> but also hilarious. <laughs> This is Starfish Hitler. Uh, the next one is Bazooka Turtle. Um, bazooka Turtle is a turtle with a bazooka on its back that nukes Tokyo. So it's like Blastoise. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much Blastoise. I sent oh, you there the image. Wait, this is this costume so shitty. Of all of them, this is like completely horrible. It's just <laughs> plain ass like cheap green latex suit almost with, I guess, a turtle head. <laughs> yeah, okay. if you look closely it looks like the back of his it looks like he's wearing a poncho because it like it drapes over the back and then it's like loose fabric behind him so i think he's just wearing a green poncho <laughs> which is great the uh the next one is armadillong a rock monster thing that's supposed to be an armadillo but he looks like a guy with pebbles taped to him <laughs> and charlie's not wrong Looks like a guy with pebbles taped to him. Yeah, if you if you put super glue on yourself and rolled in <laughs> gravel, it's pretty much this dude. I, I can, I can kind of see the armadillo-ish, but... It's as if someone described an armadillo to the Japanese people, but didn't show them a picture and then forced <laughs> them to recreate it. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. It's, they said that he was rough and bumpy. Let's just put some pebbles here. It's great stuff. Ears, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Um, and then Charlie says, in the Heisei era, there is Kamen Rider Agito, where the monsters have hilariously long official names. I shall list a few. So no no, no photos here, just the names of the funny thing. Uh, Tortoise Road Tetsud Oceanus. That's one name. Uh, Zebra Lord Equus Dies. <laughs> and Lizard Road Stereo Sinastra. <laughs> These are like Mega Man monsters. Truly, or truly. villains, whatever. Robot masters. Uh, Common Rider X8 has my favorite one, the bike riding Charlie Bugster. I may be a bit biased, though. Uh, 
Yeah, it definitely uh, is. <laughs> and then Charlie says, as always, you're doing an amazing job. Keep up the good work. Thanks very much, Charlie. Thanks, man. Uh, picked out some picked out some great monsters there. Um, and that's that's emails. If you want to send us an email uh, like Shade and Charlie did, please do so. You can send those to cast at commonwritersucks.com. We, however, Toby, are going to jump in and talk about Common Rider Geats episode 36. It's time. It is time. Uh, this episode opens basically with uh, Buffa getting overpowered by Archimedal because he has the power to defeat Common Riders, but he doesn't have the power to defeat Jawato, apparently. <laughs> and I thought that was a crazy fun way to do that. Yeah, where like the real when Buff has a realization of like, oh, that's an excellent point. I did wish for a hyper. It's like the bad genies, where you it make is, a yeah. wish that's too a little too hyper specific or a little too vague, where they just smirk and laugh at you and go, "Oh no, I gave you what you wished for, but you left out like options A, B, and C that tie into this." Where now you just you're weak yeah. or you're invisible because you wanted to be, but you can't come back and you'll always be invisible now. You said you didn't want anyone to see you, and now you're invisible and no one can. Ha! <laughs> like that type of thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so Buffo eventually, you know, makes his escape. But then we find out, of course, the we, we've seen the scheming between Kekera, our little frog friend, and uh, Maroba. And, and now we find out that they're a little team-up group. Uh, they're going to give Archimedal uh, an offer that he can't refuse. Basically, they want him to uh, to target Sarah and take Sarah out specifically with the goal being to, you know, force Kawa into accepting his true hero potential, like force him into despair. So that way he becomes a hero. So Kekera turning out to be kind of a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, like we kind of touched on it last week or maybe the week before. I always assume the sponsors were pro their person. And he's going about an insane way to make Kawa hawk out, get to his final form, where he's teamed up with Baroba and basically says, like, until he's infinitely sad, we'll never get the truest hero. So I'll work with the worst person possible to achieve <laughs> these results. Yeah, he, he's like, he's pro Kawa, but like from a conceptual standpoint, like he he likes Kawa as a tv show character like in the same way where i would say like you know yeah spider-man really has to go through a big trauma here so that way he can come back in the third act and become the real hero like talking about it very clinically like that not you know knowing spider-man's not a real person like that's kind of what kecker is doing here like well we really want to see him have the good arc his sister's gotta die he's <laughs> <laughs> like this is a real person bro um of course last time we also found out that the producer and uh punk jack came back um you know we're, we're brought back to life and they're gonna have to start making preparations to leave this world which is kind of the the thing that's been going on here so i guess the the first of those is that the producer goes to meet up uh with gene and basically tells him hey the grand end is is heading our way before that happens he wants gene's help to handle the unruly supporters by being a negotiator. So he's talking about uh, Baroba and maybe Kekera in that case. I would assume it had to be at this point. Yeah. Where um, he's, I think he's lost his way. <laughs> yes, indeed. 
Uh, Gene's open to, to helping out the producer, but he wants to uh, know about Ace's mother uh, first. And the producer basically says, like, I've already got someone looking into that. And then the someone looking into that, of course, is Punk Jack. The hero. Everyone's favorite monster guy. <laughs> I, I love his star of his own series coming soon or out yes. now or whatever we decide it was. Uh, I, I loved his his introduction here to to Ace. He kind of reintroduces himself by just punching Ace, just like just trying to start a fight. He he shows up just just to chat, but you know, quick quick little fight first. Um, he uh, <laughs> he he basically like tries to punch Ace and then tells Ace like, "Hey, I'm back, um, and I'm researching your mom." <laughs> <laughs> and but I want to punch you. Yeah, but he, like after punching him though, he kind of like he basically he warns him like he's like, yeah, we're looking into what's happening with your mom before we leave, um, you know. So when the world ends, you're gonna lose all your memories. That's kind of what he tells him. So like you don't have much time. Like he he basically is telling him like if you want to get some answers and figure some stuff out, like you need to do it now because like you're you're running out of time. So I think I think Punk Jack I think begrudgingly likes Ace at this point. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like that's what happens with all of them. That no matter what, even when they're against him, eventually it's like, well, you're the only person that's kind of keeping us all here and being things. So yeah, I guess you're okay. Yeah, I guess I guess you're all right. Uh, so yeah, I, I love the reintroduction of Punk Jack. I'm excited to see how he inserts himself here. Then of course, Kwa continues to hide from his sister, pretend like he's not in the game. You know, he's still hiding behind the. The stupid Tanuki statue. <laughs> I would say your favorite thing, the slapsticking. Yeah, exactly. Um, this this next scene is kind of uh, it's basically Sarah um, realizing and learning what Neon's what Neon's wish was to 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 kind of disappear, and Sarah kind of getting offended about that basically being like but i don't want to forget you like i why would i want to forget you like you don't get to decide for me that that i get to forget you kind of a thing was was her her whole vibe well then it, like it's a weird mix between her and even neon still keeps going back and forth with her morality thing where she's like no i've accepted it i shouldn't be here like yeah, we'll, we'll just let that go no biggie <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think neon is a, in a real like fall on her own sword feeling with all of this. Like, I think she's like, well, I'm not a real person, so I don't deserve to exist <laughs> is sort of what she's going through right now. Um, and- I guess it's either that or like, I guess if we're playing for people's wishes and some people have happy wishes, she doesn't care as much, but maybe not like, I don't know. Like she's basically like wishing like, no, I just won't be here. It's okay. You guys do your <laughs> thing. I'm going either yeah. way. Well, yeah, she's kind of like wishing for like she's attempting to wish for other people's happiness by wanting to disappear without hurting people, essentially. Um, but, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the, the old saying like, oh, it's not the it's not the destination. It's the journey. Like, you know, you, you, if it's better to have better to have uh, loved and lost than to not have loved at all. But it's better to have to have fangirled over a, a, a streamer. <laughs> <laughs> that do not have fan fangirled over a streamer at all. So yeah, Sarah, Sarah and her kind of fight a little bit about it. And then Sarah leaves and then, you know, Kwa comes out and has a little heart to heart with neon. Um, basically we're like, friends oh, though. I thought yeah, we were friends. Exactly. That's the gist. He sees us. I was like, what are you going to do? And she says like, Oh, Q and invited me to the future. 
Kim was like, is that what you want to do? And she doesn't really know what she wants to do. <laughs> Never so go Kim with was, him. Yeah. Kim was like, oh, we're friends. Like, let's let's hang out. Let's be good. Um, Yeah, I thought that was very cute. Kim was like kind of trying to tell her like, no, stick with us. Like, we're, we're good. Like, you're our friend. We like there's, you know, room for everybody to be happy. You could stay here and be happy. <laughs> so very, very cute. He's still a nice boy. He, he hasn't been broken by the rudeness of our friends yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Speaking of, ru- of, of, of rude friends, um, the next scene involves Neon's dad, who is the, the rudest of boys. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always, it's always nice when he comes back just to see his pissy, pissy serial killer face once again. Just murder face on display. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the producer goes to talk to him. Basically says, you know, hey, we're leaving soon. Do you want to keep your memories or do you want to lose them when we leave? And, of course, that sets him off. He says, you know, you people from the future um, treat us like little disposable playthings. You you know, uh, you treat our our happiness like it's nothing. And the producer then says, like, oh, you need to figure out what happiness means for you. Because for me, it means like eating food. (laughs) 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 Like the thing I've been doing this whole show is, you know, going and eating food in funny places. So I, I feel like there's there's more to this story here. So the you know, the producer is like making preparations for when they leave. They're attempting to like investigate, you know, uh the the goddess and stuff like that. So I think the going to talk to Neon's dad was like there's probably an, an ulterior motive to that, I would guess. There's um, nudges. They're all they're, they're he's working towards something. He's trying to yeah. amp him up. And I'm not certain certain whose side they're on yet either. So it'll be very interesting to see here. Well, pretty much like other than the main characters at this point, I feel like everyone has switched sides or has created their own side that they're now hiding in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Everyone's just doing their own thing at this point. Pretty much. Yeah. There's no more rules. (laughs) Yeah. The the allegiances are definitely a little split now since it's like down to should the DGP exist or not. So that that has definitely redrawn some lines, Uh, including Toby the uh weird alliance of buffa and, and ace continues no it's the ultimate team up it's it the, really the greatest is. combination they could have put back together i love it so much <laughs> in, our, in our next scene uh buffa has has drawn <laughs> drawn sketches of the writers that he has to that are left in the game that he has to eliminate and they're like these cute little cartoon drawings of everybody it's basically uh, the equivalent of sarah's or Neon's art book from last time. Absolutely. Yeah. Just while hers was cute and girly, Buffa's is drawn basically in a cave with chalk and he did the best he could with animals. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's drawing the different animals to represent each person. So Ace Ace shows up and is like calls them all out. It's like that one, that one, that one. Okay. And then basically he's like, there's there's one more though. So he he tells tells Buffa not to look. He draws on the board. And then, then, then Buffa looks and he's like, "You're impressed. It's so realistic, aren't you?" <laughs> so he, <laughs> he he drew Punk Jack on the board because he then he lets uh, Buffa know that Punk Jack is is back in play. <laughs> I, I love of all, of all the things that Ace is good at. He's also just really good at drawing for some reason. Just yeah, like he's, a skill. He's, he's just great at everything. It's yeah, really... a skill he didn't need to have. Uh, and then Toby, the cutest thing. Ace brought dinner. They make dinner together. They had a hot pot. They had a they legit had, hot pot together. Yeah, a little hot pot together. Just the cutest. Um, and they they talk about basically like hunting riders. So they have like they have this uh, 
theoretical conversation about like you know like are you are you done killing writers what's the point and then basically if someone's being eliminated by a geomato like you you die die like if a geomato takes you out if a if a writer takes you out you go back to your old life and you forget everything so ace basically tells him like oh you're you're not trying to to like hurt people you're trying to save people here and buff is like no i'm just trying to win or whatever <laughs> uh so that that sort of plays throughout the episode where ace kind of convinces him like yeah, but you're going to save people from the Giamato because you're a good guy. And I know that the eliminating writers is is really just because you're a good guy overall. <laughs> and even that part of like the, I mean, like you said, but the part of the last conversations is Ace flat out says to him, so when the time comes, if a Giamato is about to kill a rider, which one are you going to kill first, basically? Yeah. And Buffa does his moody thing and makes comments and one of my favorite Geats lines was he tells Buffa to stop front. He say, he's, he doesn't say stop fronting. He says always fronting. Like Buffa always tries <laughs> to play it cool and hides his true thing. But Ace is like, I know you're not really this much of a jerk. Like stop pretending that you are. I know half-ass what you're doing here. It's okay to care and not want these people to die. You're friends with forever. Yeah. It's so, it's so like cute and perfect in their, in their little relationship. Like, like, yeah, you, you, you can keep playing the tough guy, but I, I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> like I've, I've been around you enough to know now, like what your, what your values are <laughs> and, and what you're doing. So yeah, he's always fronting, always fronting. And it's like the good motivation where Ace can talk to people, other people differently and politely and reason with them. And I think he's finally realized that the way to get to Buffa is a little tough love or at least more attitude than he would give other people where it's more yeah. geared towards like, listen, you're being stupid. Just don't be <laughs> stupid. I know you're being stupid. You know, you're being stupid. Just let it go. We're good. Yeah. I think he's got to like bust his balls a little bit. That's what he's, that's what he's realized. Yeah. Gotta, gotta make fun of him a little bit. Gotta call him on his shit. And then, you know, he, he respects me more. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Sarah and neon, uh, the, the game starts again. So we, resume the uh the desire royale sarah and neon meet up and basically they both apologize to each other from their conversation before um and uh sarah says basically like she should be the one to apologize trying to force neon to do something that that she didn't want to do and um yeah she uh she she they they, they, they become friends again basically <laughs> um Sarah kind of vows to remember Neon, even if her memories get wiped out, and she hopes that she can win. Kawa, meanwhile, is, of course, watching them from afar. <laughs> Not as camoed as last time, but he's still there. Yeah, he's, he's much less slapsticky camoed, which is good. Then, of course, Archimedes shows up and uh, starts battling them, and he's pretty much only interested in killing Sarah at this point, kind of ignores anyone else. He just goes straight for Sarah. He even says, like, there she is as soon as as soon as he finds her. Um, he uh, what knocks the driver out of her hands. Neon tries to kind of like hold some people off and defend her. But like he's he's ready to do the killing blow. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, Kawa has to rush in and save his sister because he is the truest of heroes. He truly is. Yes, he's he finally left a Tanuki statue to become a yeah. real Tanuki. <laughs> Um, so Sarah, they, they try to get Sarah to safety. Uh, and at this point, Ace and, and Buffa are also watching. And Ace, once again, like you said, asks like, 
Would You Let a Writer Die by Giamato Hands. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so then Sarah is is free and she gets to have her little confrontation with Kawa. Um, I, I liked this. So, you know, we talked about tropes last time a little bit where, you know, it's just one of the things where like you see where it's going and you just want to get to the end. This one, they start to argue, but then Neon like jumps in and instantly is like, okay, calm down, calm down. We're all friends here. And clearly you love each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I liked that we didn't have to do like, you know, a full episode of them not speaking to each other or anything like that. Like it was like, yes, okay, this happened. You both did it because you both love each other very much. Let's move on. Um, yeah, and so Sarah like kind of gets her resolve basically because of this. She, you know, thrusts her fist in the air and um, she wants to win for her fave Neon. And uh, she also, you know, thinks now she can't have K-Wop protecting her all the time. So uh, Sarah's, Sarah's grown as a, as a common writer. Her motivating factor is finally taking place. <laughs> exactly. And then Ace and Buffa, of course, uh, fighting the Giamato and fighting Archimedal. Um, <laughs> Ace, you know, now is kind of telling Buffa, like, you know, the, the writers shouldn't be fighting each other. Really, the, the, the people from the future, the people that run the DGP are our enemies. And Ar- Ar- Archimedal is one of our enemies. And they... Uh, yeah, they they take him down basically. They they destroy uh destroy Archimedes' spirit. I don't know if he was inside of a Jamato, but they they take out Archimedes. And he has one of the craziest like death scenes that I've ever seen in Kamen Rider. It's like stark white background. He's like laying on the ground clearly like bleeding out dying. Jamato are like surrounding him, laying on him, petting him. And he's just like, there's little pink leaves or flowers, petals (laughs) petals falling. It is truly wild. And basically he's like (laughs) dying and he's telling them like, Oh my children, please use me as fertilizer. Continue to live on. Um, (laughs) Just crazy that he gets this, like, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the deaths from uh, the original Assassin's Creed when you would go kill somebody and then, talk to him and that you would talk to him in the, the white room where you yes. say your little monologues together. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what it reminded me of where the, the you tell him to like, <laughs> they, they die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Brobe of course is a little upset that, that, uh, you know, the, the death of, of her plan uh, happened so quickly. Uh, so Jean pops up to talk to her and, um, he wants the vision driver from her. He doesn't want to fight her, but he wants to negotiate. Um, he tells her that the grand end is near and says the show uh, would have continued longer if she didn't, if she didn't mess around. So basically it's like, they're leaving because of you. You've, you've messed us all up. Um, she says that she'll save her every last drop of human misery. And Jean asks if she's so sure of going against uh, the, the runner of the DGP uh, since anyone who, does not make it through uh at the end will cease to exist so, so she's basically got to leave um it seems like before before the big grand end or she will cease to exist so th- there there potentially is going to be repercussions <laughs> for supporters who don't fall in line is kind of what they're what they're implying there and as part of all that at least after towards the ending or the last scene when they show like a call to portal home the dimension jumping portal 
I think there's t- tons of ways they could have done it, but they went back to, or they went to like just the ugliest CG again. So just <laughs> have this crazy fancy portal have like everyone gets home. And I was very disappointed with like the last scene. Let me pull it back up again. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to remember exactly what that looked like. So I want to see again, how bad it was. <laughs> Sometimes I watch these shows and I, uh, I, uh, forget then how specifically they looked okay so there's gene there's our boy kekara the grand Nears. okay yeah <laughs> pass through the gate yeah we're, we're back to like the the floating <laughs> island first episode level of cg i feel like yeah and you're right the like the big gate at the end is like generic black hole uh looking animation inside some like rotating squares very artsy very artsy (laughs) i feel like anytime they go to that um the platform is is some of their weakest cg always like they i guess it's hard to make that look real because it's very unrealistic in general uh but they yeah they always struggle with like perspective up there and they always struggle with shadows and it's just um it's not their strongest (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so that is episode 36. Again, I think my favorite part of these last couple episodes has been just the the bromance that's budding here between Ace and Buffa. Um, I just I the love happiness that happiness is refound. Yeah, I love they're working together. I love that they found common ground. I love that, like you said, they've like Ace has figured out how to deal with with Buffa and what to say to him to like, you know, get, get his way. It's great. It's great. I, I love that we're building up to this, like really this big confrontation between the future people and, uh, you know, the people of our world. Like it probably will end with a weird, like defend our world to keep it from ceasing to exist type thing, uh, is kind of what it's, what it's seeming like. But I feel like there's a lot of, uh, chance for like people to fall in different directions and on different sides. Like, who knows exactly where Jean's gonna gonna lay? You know, who knows what's going on with Kekera now? <laughs> um, and even the common writers themselves, like some of them are pro DGP and, and maybe are gonna like defend the future people, and some of them aren't. So, could be very interesting. Lots of layers, indeed. Um, but we're gonna close the last layer of this podcast, Toby, because that's gonna do it for us for this week. Um, as always, if you would like to send us an email, as I mentioned earlier, uh, cast at commonwritersucks.com. We always love hearing from you guys and um, love hearing little tidbits and stuff like that. So send along whatever you are thinking about. Of course, we also have a Patreon. We'd love for you to sign up and join in the fun uh, for a mere $3 a month. We give you uh, weekly bonus content. We are doing a watch and react to Kamen Rider Black Sun right now. And uh, we also do monthly ramble casts um, in addition to some other fun stuff. Toby and I actually just did a fun little thing now that'll end up on the Patreon. So uh, lots of fun stuff over there. And you also get access to our Discord community where you can hang out and talk with us throughout the week. Of course, we uh, would love to have you subscribe on all the various platforms where you could find us. Uh, search for us in your favorite podcast app or go to commonwritersucks.com, which will take you directly to the uh, the YouTube playlist of all of our episodes. You can subscribe to the channel, watch all the episodes, 
and uh, catch up on the rich backstory of the comment writers, Toby. It's millionaire rich. I couldn't think of a good word to put there. I like it. Millionaire rich is good. And of course, you can follow us on social media. Toby, where can the people find you? On Twitter, it's at Life of Tobes. And on YouTube, it is Tobes Plays. All right. And I am on Twitter and Tumblr at Pretty Dece Josh. So once again, that's going to do it for us. But we will be back for Geats episode 37. And until then, have a great week, everybody. Peace. I'm taking shots at the enemy. I'm going to make it to the top, leave a legacy. If I got something to say, you better let me speak. Turn it up a new degree. Bitch, you ain't seen anything. I pop off with the new rock. Electron.